Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Human Training Your Dog is Begging You For podcast. I'm Charles Countryman, co-founder of Canine Culture Dog Training. With me is my wonderful wife and co-founder and also head of training, Laura. We also have senior trainer and head of dog evaluations, Wyatt, and our lead trainer, Julie. As the leadership team at Canine Culture here in Dallas, we want to give you basically let you in on the conversations that we as dog training professionals have anywhere from training, behavioral and emotional issues, or the health and happiness of your dog. How do dog discussions among trainers sound? Do we talk differently than you? What do we talk about? What do we think? And how do we really feel about certain subjects? Our intent is to give you the ability to be a fly on the wall. And through our dialogue, I hope, we hope that you and your dog improve your relationship together assist you in mitigating behavioral issues you may be struggling with and give you a better understanding of your dog, what makes them tick, what motivates them, what fulfills them, and how to better communicate with your dog. And our mission here at Canine Culture is helping humans have a dog that is a joy to live with. On this episode, fun is not the same as fulfillment. What fulfills your dog? We'll be discussing whether your dog is fulfilled or is he just exhausted. What does fulfill your dog mean? Today, we'll break it down into the five components. Your dog, all dogs need to be fulfilled. Lack of fulfillment is the biggest, one of the biggest causes of uh, behavioral and emotional issues in dogs. And there is a big difference between being fulfilled and being exhausted. Unfortunately, most behavioral problems trainers or owners are trying to address, they end up using work or a job to try to fix it. You can't work a dog into fulfillment because fulfillment's a state of mind. Uh, it's a state of being. It's not a state of exhaustion. Um, does that sound right, Laura? Yes. How about you, Julie? Uh, yeah, I agree. I just think fulfillment is different for all dogs. That is a fact. Fulfillment is different from all dogs. It's just like people. I mean, I very much like doing uh, certain sports, but very much think other ones are boring, like drawing paint, boring. Like some some people like uh, like table tennis. I think that's just exhausting. That's a good analogy. I do not like soccer. I would rather watch paint dry. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so thankful none of our children took up that sport. But I know some people live for soccer. Uh, dogs are the same. Some like 
fetch, some like tug, some like uh, personal play, you know, roughhousing with their human. Um, some are couch potatoes. They're pretty fulfilled, just chilling on the couch mm-hmm. all day long. Um, and it, it really comes down to, you know, knowing your dog. And I don't even think it has to do with DNA all the time. DNA plays a big role, but you could have two Malinois and one is lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they call them high drive, medium drive, and low drive mouths to know what type of mal you have. Uh, and they do exist. I've seen a low drive mouth. Yeah, it's a yeah. unicorn, but they exist. <laughs> what uh, what are the key components of fulfillment? Um, you know, for a dog to be fulfilled. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by thirty percent in twenty twenty three. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Um, are we talking, if we're talking how we incorporate play to fulfill a dog, there's five components that we think about when we're doing it. All dogs need either one, two, some dogs need all five. So basically it turns into prey drive. Basically it's searching for their prey. They stalk their prey. They're going to chase their prey. They celebrate. If you ever seen an animal in the wild, it doesn't have to be a dog or any dog animal that is a predator animal. They will throw the throw the prey up. They will play with it before they, and the last thing is consume it. And the celebration usually is the funnest time they have during this whole process. But if you can get a dog to seek the um, endorphins, turn on, and it turns off a lot of things. It turns off frustration. It can turn off a lot of anxiety. So it's kind of what you're looking for, what your dog, what your, your personal dog needs to turn on certain <clears throat> aspects in their brain and then that turns off certain aspects. Like if you have a, a dog that loves to chase ball, they might just like to chase. They like to stalk it, chase it, bring it back and they just do it over and over and over. Some dogs, they'll do it and it's not fulfilling. They'll do it a couple of times and it's like done. So if you have a hound dog that likes to sniff on the ground, you get their food, toss it out somewhere outside, let them search for it. Put them on a long line, let them go to our field and just search and just smell and just discover things. And that's a fulfilling for a lot of dogs that makes them very, very happy. Yeah. We have, uh, as we all know, we train a lot of dogs here with anxiety issues as well as reactivity, dog reactivity, human reactivity issues. And a lot of times that comes back to uh, a lack of fulfillment. The dog is frustrated because they're not, not fulfilled. Um, what, any thoughts on why we tend to see more unfulfilled or anxious or reactive dogs nowadays than maybe 10, 20 years ago? Uh, I think uh, fences and leash laws have something to do with that. Yeah, fences um, and leash laws. Because they're cooped up in their house or in a fence or in a kennel, and they're just not, they don't, they're never, nothing in their DNA has prepared them for doing that. They're designed to run and do dog stuff. Explore. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, and furthermore, I was going to say that I feel like today owners um, use the same the same sort of methods to try to get their dogs to be fulfilled or exhausted or uh, whatever. So they'll take them out and they'll go on a walk first thing in the morning for 10 minutes. And then they go out and take them on a walk last thing at night at 5 p.m. And they think that that's enough to fulfill the dog. Right. And it's like completely the opposite. You know, you're not even hitting on what it is that they need. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. I, I did a private lesson this morning and I got there about 20 minutes early because Dallas traffic cooperated this morning <laughs> and I'm watching all these people walk their dogs. And this one lady is walking a, a white shepherd looking dog and he kept trying to sniff, but he wasn't being unruly about it. He was just trying to sniff as he was walking. Every time he put his head down to sniff, she would give him a big jerk on the leash and keep walking. They were on two separate walks, yeah. I realized. He was trying to explore and enrich himself. She was on a mission, give my dog a 20-minute walk so I can get to work mm-hmm. or whatever she had to do. Mm-hmm. They were having two separate walks. He wasn't being bad. She wasn't being unreasonable. But uh, to piggyback on what you said, when, when we walk our dog, we should walk them with the intent of let my dog be fulfilled. Let them explore. Um, as long as we're continuously moving and my dog's not pulling on the leash, dogs explore the world through their nose. So let them sniff, let them explore. Maybe the last, uh, half of the walk, we can be more about, all right, you've got that out. Now we're going to be a little more on task and and get back to the house. But that's not a bad thing if your dog wants to sniff. That is how they interpret (laughs) the world. And like Mm -hmm. you said, why? If they're in the house a lot, they don't get that. That is their time to finally get out and see what's going on in the world. Yeah. Even if it's in your backyard, anyone that has a backyard with a dog in the backyard, the first thing your dog does is run and sniff the perimeter. Yeah, right. you know, what was there last night? That mm-hmm. They know their yard, but it's it's a new experience for them. They, they love doing it. If uh, you think about it, about 50 years ago, there wasn't a lot of anxious dogs and not a ridiculous amount of... Uh, reactive dogs and the reason is 50 60 years ago in the 50s and 60s people just let their dog out uh to you know key on what you said why leash laws and fence laws and you know uh you know you'd come out of your house in the morning and say hey where's my dog oh he's down at fred's house and you'd just yell and your dog would come back or you'd go down to fred's house and get your dog but now uh we've almost gone to the other extreme and overly socialized our dogs uh to our homes so they don't get to just go around the community explore another interesting thing is our humans average rate of speed of walking comfortably is about two miles per hour dogs between four and six miles per hour so if you're constantly always having your dog right next to you that is completely unfulfilling to that dog because it's not natural for their gait to stay there unless you have a little little dog but normal sized dogs yeah and then another, another interesting i think is as social to be is six feet and closer, we we're still connected. We're still yeah. connected to a road. Dog can be fifty feet away, and they're still connected to you. So we always have to keep that in mind too. That their social space is a lot, lot bigger, bigger than ours. and they're yeah. still connected. You think your dog's not connected, yeah. but that comes then you start thinking, should I take my dog to a dog park? And a dog oh. park <laughs> is not fulfilling to all dogs. Some dogs it makes them a nervous nut. 
And that's not some dogs. It's like going some people in a room at a party and say, you got to talk to everybody there. They're going to meet you at the door. They're going to chit you, talk to you. They're going to, and some people and some dogs, that is not where they need to be. Not all humans are social. Not all dogs are social. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I actually, I don't take, we don't take our dogs to the dog park. We'll let our dogs play with dogs, but I'm yeah. matching the dog's personality that's in front of me with my dog. If yeah. they're a good fit for each other, they can play. If they're not, they don't. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I didn't let my children play with all children, right? They're not always the right fit for each other. Their personalities, uh, they end up bickering and getting little arguments. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly they don't really get along that well. So why, why keep uh, perpetuating that? Mm-hmm. Dogs are the same. And dog parks, there's always a dog or two that has no business being in the dog park, but the person brings their dog anyway. And then that dog ends up starting a fight. I kind of look at the dog park as a MMA fight club. Um, it's, it's going to happen. And I don't want it to happen with my dog because as we all know, we, we train a couple dogs a month that used to be dog friendly until they got beat up at a dog park and now they're dog aggressive. Um, so now we're having to unwind all that work that that human spent. Yeah. developing a, a good social dog any thoughts on dog parks other than what i just said um it depends on the dog like uh one of my dogs absolutely loves the dog park he's gotten in a couple tussles but i only took him to a dog park when i knew he was uh mature enough or mentally stable enough he can have a bad day at the dog park and not hate dogs for it he's uh confident in himself enough to go no it was just that one husky's a jerk not all of them but he also is at the point where at any point in that dog park whenever i want to call him to me he will come to me and we can leave yeah right um but that dog yeah but see what the scary part with that is that you can do that i can do that with my dog Mm -hmm. i'm sure everybody in this room can do that but if you go to a dog park you have no clue what the other 10 owners with their 10 different dogs are doing yes well, yeah. I don't like dog yeah. parks, what you just said, Julie, because <laughs> I don't know the owner's skill set and are they paying attention? Mm-hmm. Most people at dog parks are staring at their phone. They're not right. actually watching their dog and their dog is the one typically that needs to be watched. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to need to have a desire to go to a dog park, get a very large dog park and walk you with your dogs. Don't sit <laughs> on your phone. Don't read a book. Don't talk to people. Walk your dogs. If your dogs are walking, then usually, because I've done We've gone to dog park, so dogs and I will walk. And it is interesting, our dogs walk with me, and then we will have herds of dogs with us just walking yeah, with us. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not making them do anything, just staying with us and smelling and doing all their stuff. So that's what if you have a great need to go to a dog park, if your dog's overly friendly and it loves dogs, get the biggest dog park you can find and just keep with your dog and let them walk. Just don't let them run free. Don't act like it's a three-year-old and um uh, six flags. You would not let that six, that little six or three year old just run around and do whatever they want. Stay with your dog. No. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> would you ever do that? It wouldn't even cross your mind. But people do it with their dogs all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Definitely. best place is to get a friend or a couple friends that have dogs that match together and just have meet up with yeah. dog, dog playtime. And if you want a safe place to do that, if you, no one has a backyard yeah. or you want somewhere bigger than a backyard, I know like baseball diamonds oh, yeah. are a great idea because they're yeah. mostly fenced in. You yeah. just got to stand by the dugouts. Yeah. And most dogs, they're so busy playing. They're not looking for escape out yeah. of the fence. Right. And if you get a cheap drop line, you just keep going. You do that the too. Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The important thing is to, you know, find ways 
to give your dog an opportunity to be fulfilled. And that a lot does depend on their DNA, their breed. Um, if you have never Googled your dog's breed, you need to. Um, you need to know what that dog was DNA driven, born and bred mm -hmm. to do. Um, if there's two breeds in there or three, then Google them all because they will likely pick up some traits from all of those mm -hmm. breeds. Uh, you know, a cattle dog, maybe if you have a cattle dog or a herding dog, um, maybe they don't like to play fetch or tug, but if you kick a soccer ball out, they'll try to herd that soccer ball. Yeah. So that's a different way you could play with a big ball, but now they get to herd that ball around uh, the backyard. So sometimes it is a little difficult to find what motivates my dog, what's my dog like to play with. Um, if you're struggling with play, you know, keep keep mixing it up. Uh, just because you want your dog to play fetch doesn't necessarily mean you have a dog that wants to play fetch. Mm -hmm. And when you are searching your dog's breed, specifically find all the bad things with that breed. Because yes. the AKC, all those websites, they put a nice spin on all the breeds. Right. You need to go find, specifically scroll till you find some negative stuff about that breed because there's negative stuff about every single breed. There is, for sure. Um, just so you know what to look for, what to be prepared for, like some dogs are way more prone to having anxiety problems because, yeah, you've got a Can Corso that's bred to be a guard dog. They have anxiety stuff going on. Yeah. Or a hound dog that's born to uh, a beagle that's born to bark. Yeah. You know, don't be upset. There's with no negative dog. things about golden retrievers. Sorry. Yeah, except the 30 brains. What, uh, <laughs> what's something that you do, Julie, with uh, Buddy, your golden retriever, that helps uh, keep the, him fulfilled? Uh, well, we actually train every evening when I come back from work. Okay. Uh, just because that's uh, either mix in obedience or I'll try and do some sniff work. I don't know uh -huh. anything really good professionally, but. Um, I do things where like, I'll put little treats or something like that throughout the yard or I'll, uh, hide like little toys and things like that. Yeah. And he loves it. He loves, he loves it. That. Oh yeah. yeah. So that oh, he, yeah. you're nailing on the search, mm -hmm. the stock a little bit, yeah. uh, the celebration. Mm -hmm. Yep. Laura, what are things that you do with uh, some of your dogs to help them be fulfilled? Can I say one thing about golden retrievers really fast? Yeah. You might not want one if you think it's going to be a mouth. <laughs> Because they're not that, they're not a mouth. They are awesome, family, beautiful, huggable dogs. Oh, yeah. Some people want, oh, right. yeah, but he's definitely not yeah. a mouth. <laughs> so if you get, if you get a dog, if you want a tough looking tug dog, you want a dog that will do a whole bunch of cool obedience stuff, but Buddy does all the cool obedience stuff, but <laughs> they're just. Yeah, breed, breed has, sometimes we put an unrealistic expectation um, on our dog and he was not born to do that yeah. well even buddy because he's more of the exception than the rule he's still not gonna be a malinois he's not yeah. gonna you know run with you for 10 hours oh eight no. Hours. no no yeah he's relatively no. not very lazy for a, a retriever but he's still lazy compared to yeah. a belgian malinois or like a yep. red healer something yeah. like that I, I would describe buddy as your he's, typical golden retriever yeah. happy go lucky cool goofy dog. fun yeah. lovable dog yeah uh but they you know, a lot of uh, retrievers might not tug to the same degree as a shepherd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. They're, they're a little more cautious. Of, oh, I don't want to hurt you. I don't know. Yeah. They're just, yeah. They don't engage to them. Or they just have a soft With they the intensity. Yeah. He has a soft mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Retrievers are bred usually to have soft mouths because they're supposed to be bird dogs. Right. Mm -hmm. So our dog, so we do have a mouth. 
that does mal stuff, mal malinois. We have a lab, which is like a golden retriever, food motivated, crazy little girl. And then we have our Carolina dog, who is an awesome over, he loves tug and love ball. He loves, he's just, he's a herd breed too, because he has herding in him, because he's a, anyway, so we do different to work with our dogs. We first got Georgie, who's our Carolina Blue Hiller mix. I ran with him and he loved it. It was fulfilling to him to just go. And, and then we taught him to, we used, taught, we would, so he's so well trained, we go off leash hiking and that fulfilled his stalking, explore, explore yeah. everything he was seeking all the time. So basically we would teach him, we taught him all of our dogs, a close command. Yeah. So we'd let him get 30, 40 yards ahead of us. And if he pushed that, we'd just say close. Yeah. He'd cut the distance in half and then he could go back to exploring. Yeah. So that is what we do to fulfill our dogs. Yeah. A, a lot of exploring. Yeah. Um, we love to hike with our dogs. How about you, Wyatt? What do you do? Well, Abby, she's a boxer pit. She's nine now. Uh, Abby, tug is fun for Abby, but she just wants to cuddle with you on the couch and lick your yeah. face. That's, yeah. that's Abby's fulfillment in life is just giving you unconditional love. Maybe not willingly love, but she is going to try and lick you constantly. <laughs> You're going to get licked whether you want yeah. it or not. Yeah. Uh, Pickles, he's my husky pit. He um, he likes that stuff, but it's all of him trying to sucker you into playing with him. Yeah. Right. He's trying to get next to you, and you start petting him, and then he'll start putting his mouth on you. He wants you to wrestle with him, or he'll get you a ball, and he'll put that ball in your lap and sit there and whine at you to throw it. Right. Yeah. A mm-hmm. dog wants interaction. He wants to play. He, he wants, wants active, to do stuff. Active play. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back to you, like I when I said some dogs like to go to the dog park, but most dogs want to be with their human. They want to interact, like what I was saying, interact with you. So maybe you're taking the dog to the dog park because I'm going to say you're maybe a little lazy. So maybe <laughs> you should interact with your dog more. Well, then again, and Pickles, happy. on the same side, I tied a rope to a tree in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I've got to touch that rope and the dog will play tug with that rope by yeah. himself oh, yeah. for 20, 30 minutes. Dogs like to play by Self-playing themselves. Self-playing dogs. Can I add to that though? Yeah. To the laziness? I yeah. think, a, well, I think yeah. a lot of it has to do because people get dogs for the wrong reasons. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, what do you mean by that? By that, I mean, some people get dogs because they want the company, but they don't want to actually keep up what dogs need in order to be right. of good company. Yeah. So a lot of times more often than not, I feel like I have clients here who come in and they'll say, Hey, I take my dog to the dog park and it's just not enough. He, he or she is still crazy when I'm at home. And then I realize when I dig, dig further that their work life is crazy. They come home at like 10 at night, for example, right. and then leave at six in the morning. What time do you have to own a dog? Yeah. Why did you get a dog? Yeah. Should have got a cat. You know, you just wanted a dog so that for those three hours from six to ten, you know, you can have something to play with, I guess. Yeah. But you're not giving it enough time to truly give it what it needs. Yeah. And and dogs are so social. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They they really thrive on that social interaction with us. So right. Like you said, if they're only getting three hours. They are frustrated. Mm-hmm. They, well, th- uh, then again, if you know that's your work style, there are breeds that are cool with just three hours. But you need to. And even Google. then, though, to, that's, that's a lot. It's, that's, yeah. yeah. If you're working, that's, you can't even have a human relationship that way. Oh, I know. But there, so how do you yeah. have a relationship with a dog? I should, should just kind of catch I just think dog. we have today too high of expectations right. out of dogs. We yeah. think that dogs are should be okay with just going out three times a day. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, just being in a home, doing nothing. Yeah. 
and that's it. And that's right. what people don't understand. A home, your house is beautiful, but it's still a cage. Yeah. It's, still, it's just a big one. Yeah. It's yeah. a big cage yeah. you have locked up. So it's sad. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is sad. We have dogs come in and they have all these issues. It's just because they're in a crate nine to 10 hours a day. They're let out to go to the bathroom. They're probably yelled at because they did something wrong. Right. And then they're put back in that crate to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's not a life. And some people I think should rehome their dog that will actually have fulfilled lives mm-hmm. because they are living, breathing things. They're not with emotions. Lots of emotions. Lots. That's why they bond with us and we bond with them so yeah. much because they are emotional creatures. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's Good not time. to say if you have a busy life or a busy job, you can't or shouldn't have a job or a dog, but <laughs> do think about that, you know, at least give it, you know, some serious thought. Do I have time to, you know, make sure that my, my dog is fulfilled? Um, we, we do have to make special efforts. Sometimes we'll, uh, on Saturdays, take our dogs for a hike. I don't necessarily feel like hiking <laughs> that morning, um, but my dogs do. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, we want to make sure that they, they have an opportunity to be fulfilled too. Because the more fulfilled a dog is, less frustrated they are. The less frustration a dog has, mm-hmm. the less issues you typically have in all walks of life with your dog. Yeah. And <laughs> that's too. that's really where fulfillment is. Uh, mm-hmm. It's finding, you know, what makes my dog click? What's my dog just love? And then finding ways to incorporate that. And if you're on a walk, back to uh, the lady I saw walking her dog this morning, let your dog explore. If literally two or three walks a day is the, the max, you know, that you're going to be able to do and trying to fulfill your dog, then let them be fulfilled on that walk. Let them explore. Let them uh, be enriched by their environment and sniff and stop. And, you know, don't let them pull you down the street, obviously, but do let them explore. Let them enjoy the walk too. Well, and again, remember, like Laura said, your dog is going to walk twice as fast as you are. How would how enjoyable would it be if you walked at one mile an hour on a walk? As You'd a, be bored out of your mind. Yeah, if you had to walk the speed of a one-year-old. <laughs> yeah, if you had to walk the speed of a one-year-old, good point. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can help your dog out by walking just a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And that way you and your dog have a little give and take. They're walking a little slower, you walk a little faster, and, and you're kind of meeting in the middle. And I encourage everyone, if you want to get into dog sport that will fulfill their lives a lot. Yes, there's a lot Fly of ball, uh, easy sports. Um, barn, bite hunt. work, barn hunt, bite work, bite works, uh, uh, tracking. Sit, tracking. You, you can do tracking in your backyard. Yeah. You're just setting up a, a sniff course in yeah. your backyard or a park across the street. Yeah. It almost takes no extra special equipment, a couple cones, a couple yeah. weird objects. Uh, and some food. It's it's super easy to get into. If uh, something we discussed today about fulfilling your dog connected with you, uh, we'd like to invite you to reach out to us. Uh, you can do so through our website, k9culture.com. That's k-9culture.com. And you can click on contact, enter your dog training goals on our contact form. Or maybe you just have a question you'd like us to answer on an upcoming podcast. You could go ahead and send that over on the contact form and we'll uh, uh, do our best to try to cover that on a podcast and ensure that it comes to all of us. uh, Make sure you put in their podcast so that way we know to address on the podcast. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok to see all the wonderful souls that we get to spend our days with. And if you're needing help with your dog, 
contact us through our website or you can give us a call and we would love to discuss any issues you're having and how we may be able to help you and your pup along with their training journey. And next week on the human training your dog is begging you for, we'll be discussing whether or why play is so important. So we talked a lot about play today, but how to play. If you're struggling getting your dog to engage in play, we're going to talk about a lot of different ways to play and how to get your dog to engage because dogs don't know how to play with us. If you watch two dogs play, they're biting each other on the neck. We don't let our dogs do that to us. They don't know how to play with us. We have to teach them how to play with us. So we'll uh, we'll uh, really dig into how to play, how to teach them to play, the structure of play. And the beautiful thing about it is the boundaries, the rules, the um, penalties that come with play. So it's a very non-stressful way to teach a dog boundaries and rules um, and use it to improve your relationship and leadership position with your dog. Not just why to play with your dog, but how to do it so you both get the most out of it. And again, if you need help with your dog, we'd love to help. Connect with us at canineculture.com. Enter the challenges you're having with your dog. And we will reach out and discuss uh, with you your dog and how we might be able to help your dog become a joy to live with. Join us next week. And until then, have, have fun with your dog. dog. Have fun with your dog. <laughs> <laughs>